your eye like a bigger pizza pie that's more Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of A La Carte with Keithy. I am your host Keithy Langston. Thank you for joining me for episode 6 of A La Carte with Keithy. And today we're going to be talking about a couple of different segments. Uh, one of which is going to be my trip to Italy that I took recently. And uh, my special guest co-host making a return is L.A. Chris. And as he was on the trip with me. And uh, it'll be a fun little, a little listen to if you want. Uh, just to hear about the places that we went to. Some of the food that we ate and of course some of the great langstonian problems that always happen on a langstonian trip um so there was of course some some uh bumps and bruises along the way and so it's a pretty fun story if you want uh, to stick around and listen to that uh, but of course i want to start off with the segment of keith's kitchen and with that uh last episode that i did this i know that i made risotto for you or at least told you how to make risotto and this week i'm going to be sharing with you my recipe for what italians would call a gravy or a red sauce uh, more importantly sauce and meatballs as i like to make on a regular basis uh, so i hope you enjoy it and if you have a chance to make it you should definitely make it because i think uh, everybody out there can make a pretty good meat sauce and if you know you make meatballs the way i do I think you might enjoy it. It's not as difficult as it sounds. Uh, much like the risotto, you just have to have a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of hoops bar and a little bit of, uh, you know, a, a little bit of, you know, determination to make something. And 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 of course, it's gonna it's gonna come out great. Uh, so the first thing that you want to do is you want to get yourself a couple of cans, uh, usually three cans. I usually get three cans, depending on how many how much I'm making or if I'm making it for a certain number of people. You can either do two, couple tree or two or three cans of, uh, you want to get San Marzano tomatoes. Now, since the pandemic, I have tend, I tend to now be a bit of a food snob and I like to buy a lot of organic shit and a lot of stuff that's just, uh, you know, like if I want to get tomatoes, I don't get just the regular generic tomato sauce anymore. I go out and try to get the San Marzano tomatoes. But you want to be careful and you want to get San Marzano tomatoes that are from Italy. Because a lot of times if you go look, you'll find tomatoes that say like grown in the style of San Marzano. And that's not, that just means that they grew them in the way of the San Marzano style in California or wherever you're getting your tomatoes from. So if you look on the back, uh, you will see like a product of Italy or a Producto de Italio or whatever, and you'll see an actual little Italian sticker on there that says that they came from the region where they grow San Marzano tomatoes. Um, one of the reasons why a lot of special, you know, a lot of internet chefs, a lot of chefs that like these is they say it has to do with the soil that comes from the region that just grows the tomatoes and they're just, there's just something about them. And I will admit, and maybe this is a little bougie of me, but it does taste differently, I feel. So you may want to get them. Usually when they come, they usually come packaged either with some basil already in there or um, or just packaged as, you know, just in whatever the tomato juice is that comes from the, uh, the tomatoes. They usually don't come already, like, crushed or ground or whatever. So you're going to have to break them up. And there's two different ways you can break them up. I've done them both. You can break them up with your hand. And that's just simply pouring the cans into the pot that you're going to be making your sauce in. And then just get in there with your hands and kind of crush them up and grind them up as best as you can. Uh, you could use a spoon. You could use a t potato mash 
not sure if you have or whatever. Another way to do it, which I've done, is using just like a little blender. You know, if you have like a food processor or whatnot, you can just kind of put those in, uh, blend them, you know, pro like grind them up a little bit in that and then throw them in. Uh, what I do after I dump out the can is I usually rinse the can in water and just kind of rinse the sides down and I pour this in into the pot. I will tell you that this recipe is actually the recipe that my it's it, it's a it's a it's the recipe my mother taught me that her and my grandfather kind of taught themselves together uh, after my grandmother passed away. They didn't know my mother didn't know how to make my grandmother's sauce and neither did my grandfather. So the two of them kind of made this sauce and they learned how to cook it together. So I like to think of this as like a tradition uh, which I've passed on to my nephew and hopefully you all make it now too. Um, and it's it's it's, a, it's an easy sauce. One thing I will say, I don't use tomato paste, which a lot of chefs and a lot of recipes call for tomato paste, and that's to thicken up the sauce. The way I kind of see it, you you cook this sauce for like four hours. I mean, it's a four-hour, at least minimum four-hour process, and I mean, it gets better the next day and the next day after that. So, I mean, all the time that you have letting this sauce kind of simmer on the stove, it thickens up quite enough. You don't have to really worry about adding anything else to thicken it, but... If you want to add some tomato paste, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna throw you down. I do have tomato paste in my house. I usually use it for a recipe when I'm not necessarily throwing a sauce in, and that's when I use tomato paste. But uh, for this, I don't use it. So what I do is, if I don't have the basil in the can already, I'll usually throw a few leaves, like three or four leaves of basil, into the pot when I'm adding in the sauce, and then I add in my salt, my pepper, and uh, some oregano. And some, like I said, if I have basil, it's already in there. If, if I need in a pinch, I can always use ground up basil as a, you know, as a, as a, as a replacement. Um, and then I'll throw in a little parsley and uh, I believe I said oregano. And then the big thing I do is I throw in a couple of heaping tea tables or a couple of heaping teaspoons of sugar, usually two, maybe three. And that's because the, the sugar will actually offset the, the, the acidity and the bitterness sometimes of the of the sauce itself and the tomatoes so you want to throw that in there and i just kind of put that back on the burner medium low heat and i let that simmer and that's that's the start of the sauce okay then what i usually do is i'll chop up an onion and uh, white onion yellow onion yellow onion i'll chop up a yellow onion and i throw that into the pan with some olive oil and now this is where i'm going to be starting to make the meats that go into the gravy. So the way they say, Italians say, it's a sauce, and then when you add the meat, it becomes a gravy. So this is where I'm going to start adding in my meats. So I saute my onions until they start to become translucent, and then I throw in about four cloves of garlic, okay? You can, if you have garlic that you want to do fancy, and you, you know, you smash the bulb, and you peel off the paper, and then you kind of dice up and you know, mince up the garlic that way. Uh, you can buy the jar of minced garlic is just as fine. I think a half a teaspoon is one clove. So, you know, I usually throw like a little, like a teaspoon, two teaspoons, maybe even a little bit more than that. I throw it in. Uh, you want to let the onion kind of, you know, start to become translucent first because the garlic will actually cook very fast and you don't want to scorch or burn the garlic. So you want to let that kind of go. I usually throw the garlic in right before I start adding in my meat. Uh, now, for a standard for a standard sauce, for standard gravy, I'll do uh, Italian sausage and then meatballs. So what I like to do is get, I get a pack of, and this is from my, you know, shout out to my local 
grocery store market basket. Uh, but they have a really good selection of uh, meats, and their sweet Italian sausages they actually have that have are stuffed with um, provolone cheese as well. So what I usually do is get a package of those. It comes with six six or usually six sometimes nine but it comes with six in the package and then actually um i cut them into threes i cut each one into threes so i get a good fair amount of sausage in the pan and i just cut them up and then i put them in the pan and i start to you know i start to fry them in the pan with the garlic and the onion um i don't really add any salt and pepper onto that because there's already salt and pepper pretty much in the in the spices for the sausage as well as in the pan or in the pot already with the with the sauce and then i add salt and pepper to my meatballs so i don't really need to salt and pepper the sausages after that so you just kind of let those fry up flip them around in your pan a little bit you know i like to shake the pan while it's on the stove to kind of get everything to move on its own and then once those are kind of cooked through and through what I'll do is I'll take a slotted spoon and I scoop everything out. So that's the the sautéed onions, the sautéed garlic, and the fried or at least grilled or you know however you have it um, sausage. Don't worry about making sure that like the meats are fully cooked through. At least I don't. I don't want to say you know that that. Don't take that my word for it because of course I'm not a not a licensed chef or anything like this. So I wouldn't want anybody to get sick. But the way I always see it is I'm cooking this sauce for four hours, so it's going to probably cook everything through and through anyway. But if you want to be on the safe side, you can always check and make sure that you cook the sausage all the way through before you put it in. That's perfectly fine. You can do that. Um, and then I just kind of transfer all that into the pot that uh, my sauce is already in. At this point, it's going to start time for me to make the meatballs. Um, now... I may sometimes make the meats like while the while the sausage is kind of simmering in the pot there in the pan. I'll go through and I'll start making the meat. I like to do three different types of ground meat in my meatballs. I do ground beef, ground pork, and I do get ground veal. Uh, you can get at some at some my, uh, at some supermarkets. You can actually get it's like it's called like a meatloaf ready meat, and it's. It's actually all three together. I've used it before. I don't love it because I don't know how much the actual... I don't trust the percentages. Like, I don't think it's like a third, a third, a third. So it kind of like, it's weird for me. So I don't always use that. But in a pinch, you can. Um, Usually what I'll do is I'll go and get a pound of beef, a pound of veal, and a pound of pork. And I'll actually ask the butcher if he can just split them into three different packages for me so that way i can keep two and because i usually do a pound of meatballs so i'll usually keep two of them sealed in a package and then i'll just throw them in the freezer for the next time that i need to use it you know or you could make three pounds of meatballs if you really want to um and with three with three jars of san marzano tomatoes you can get away with making three pounds of meatballs if you want believe it or not and of course the meatballs are good you can freeze them for later if you want and the sauce is good frozen as well so you know this is all stuff that is is definitely freezable for later use so feel free to do that if you want as well so what I do is I go in and I throw the three, you know, the three different meats in and I start to mix them up. Um, and I usually go by the, the rule is it's one egg for every pound of meat. So if you're going to do three pounds of meatballs, three eggs, two pounds of meatballs, two eggs, one pound of meatball, one egg. I throw that in. I throw parsley in and then I get the uh, 
the breadcrumbs, and I usually get the Italian breadcrumbs, uh, the Italian seasoning breadcrumbs, and I kind of just, this is where you kind of eyeball everything. There's not really enough measurements, but I do that, and then I also have um, freshly shredded Parmigiano-Reggiano cheese, and believe me, believe me, it's a pain in the ass, but you got to sit there, and you got to take the hard thing of cheese, and you got to just grate it, and grate it, and grate it, and grate it. Great more than you think you need because you can always keep it for to sprinkle on your pasta at the end of the meal. So feel free to grate as much as you can. Um, and then at that point, I kind of eyeball, you know. So I've added my parsley. I've added, and the parsley is really just like a shake or two of of the dried parsley that you have in your in your you know in your um, spice rack. Um, I'll add the salt. I'll add the pepper. I have the eggs in there. I have the meats in there. And now I kind of start playing with. Uh, playing with the meat dough, so to speak, and I and I add the breadcrumbs and the Parmigiano Reggiano until until I get a pretty consistently, you know, solid base of like meat, you know, where you can actually form a meatball and it'll it'll stay together formed. I've run into times where I haven't added enough breadcrumbs or I've added too much cheese and the and the meatball falls apart. And when that happens, you kind of just, you know, you tip your cap, you call the sauce your daddy, and you end up making just like, you know, a, a meat sauce. <laughs> so you kind of just crumble up the be- meatballs and just throw them in the pot. But if you're, if you're solid enough meatball to round it out, and I just do a little bit bigger than a golf ball... I mean, you can obviously make them as big as you want. It's your choice. I do a little bit bigger than a golf ball, and I start to uh, put them in the pan that I had, uh, the sausage, the onions, and the and the garlic. Uh, I will throw down, if there's not enough oil in the pan, I'll throw the extra virgin olive oil in the pan to kind of get that, uh, you know, lubricated again. And then I start to just put the, I put the meatballs in, and I just throw in as many can fit in the pan. And then you just start to fry them up, and you can flip them around. If you want to use two spoons, you can do that. Uh, Sometimes I get to the point where I can actually just shake the pan, and they'll start rolling around and flipping on the other side, you know, the raw side to kind of cook. And really what I'm doing at this point is I'm searing the meatballs. And once I sear the meatballs and they start to look pretty good all around, then I just start transferring them into the pot, and I just put them right in. And then once that's all done, and I've done all the meatballs, and I got them in there with the sausage, with the onions, with the garlic. I like to throw um, a little bit of red wine into my pan and kind of deglaze the pan so that I can get all the good bits that have kind of fried onto the to the actual you know the bottom of the pan. And then I just tend to throw those in as well. And it's and the reason why is because. All that stuff at the bottom of the pan is going to just add so much flavor and so much bite and just so much good, you know, unctuous mouthfeel, so to speak, to the sauce. It's going to really stick in there. Um, If you have a better than bouillon, I've talked about the better than bouillon paste before. If you have that, you can use it. Better than bouillon beef, just take a little, you know, tablespoon of that or just a good heaping spoon of that. Add that into your sauce as well. And that'll just kind of add more of that just beef flavor to the to the sauce. The last thing that I usually throw in is if you keep them, especially when you buy like Parmigiano-Reggiano, when you get down to the bottom of your Parmigiano-Reggiano and you have like the rind left, keep it. Don't throw it away. Keep them in the fridge. They'll stay forever. Hard cheeses tend to stay forever. And whenever you're making a sauce, throw a rind in. It sounds crazy, but it's 
unbelievable amount of flavors added into your sauce from just throwing in the parmigiana reggiano rind it just adds so much it's so delicious it just it 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 just gives it something special you know once all that's in there everything is incorporated i let it simmer medium low to low you do not want it to bubble up you do not want it to boil you just want it to lightly simmer basically and then i let that simmer for about an hour once that's done the first hour is done I go in and I test it, and I take a spoon and I taste the sauce, and I go, okay, does this need a little more sugar? Does it need a little more oregano? Does it need a little more parsley? Does it need a little bit more basil? What does it need? Salt, pepper, what do I need? Do I need a little bit more maybe bouillon? Do I need a little bit of it? Anything that you can think that's going to make it different, add that. It's going to just give you an opportunity. You know, one of the big tips that I've learned over time is to is to always taste while you cook because if you follow a recipe, recipes are just guides and if you follow the recipe, it may not taste that good to you. So you want to always taste as you go. So after the first hour, take a little taste, you know, get a little spoonful and say, "Hmm, is this good?" If it is, and there have been times where it's been perfect for me, leave it. And then walk away. And every once in a while, I'll come back, stir it around with a wooden spoon just to make sure nothing's sticking to the bottom and that all the meatballs are getting cooked and all the sausage is getting cooked. And you can call it from there. After about four hours, your sauce is going to be done. And you can add it to whatever you want. If you want to make raviolis, if you want to make spaghetti, if you want to make uh, rigatoni, ziti, whatever you want, you add it in. And then just whatever the person that you're serving or if you're having it, you take. Take as many meatballs as you want. Take as many sausages as you want. Um, for kind of just different uh, different ver- varieties of it, I have made my sauce before using short rib. And short rib is unbelievable as well uh all that really is is you just pick up some short ribs from the butcher or from your you know from your grocery store and you sear them just like you sear the sausage you know you just kind of sear it and so that it's all in there and then you throw that and you let that cook as well i've done it with pork chops where i've had like just some leftover pork chops that i didn't end up making pork chops for dinner so i did the same exact thing i seared them and i added them in one of the things i will say with uh short rib as well as pork chops is that the meat becomes so tender after slow cooking it for four hours that you're literally just pulling up chunks of meat, and it's so delicious. So uh, that's an Italian, in my opinion, that's a good Italian meat sauce for you, gravy, whatever you want to call it. And I hope that you enjoy it. I hope you listen to it. If you want me to ever write down exactly what it is for you, let me know. I have it written down. Uh, By this point, I don't really remember. Like, I don't really use the written recipe anymore because I've added so many different things. But I would add those little tips and tricks in there for you as well. So that is, uh, that's Keithy's, uh, or I should say the Coviello family secret recipe for, for pasta sauce. And I'll tell you this much. Uh, my brother swears by it. He says it's fantastic. My family loves the meatballs. My mother loves my meatballs. Everybody l- enjoys having a good Sunday dinner when they come over, if, if I do make one on Sunday. So they always enjoy having the good Italian meat sauce with the gravy. So that's, uh, that's, Keith's, co- that's Keith's Kitchen. So coming up next, we're going to have uh, another segment now. This is actually a pre-recorded live segment if that even that's an oxymoron i think but this is going to be the uh this is my trip to italy so i hope you enjoy this and uh we'll check you soon thanks 
Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Thank you for listening to Keats Kitchen. Um, I hope you enjoyed that recipe. And uh, give me, give me a, you know, and an, give me some information if you make it or if you feel like making whatever it is, and uh, let me know. Okay. But uh, right now, I want to uh, pull back the curtain a little bit and let you know that I am currently recording this segment uh, while I'm on my vacation overseas in uh, Positano on the Amalfi Coast in Italy. And right now I am sitting out on uh, L.A. Chris's balcony overlooking the city. Uh, it is a wonderful view of the houses and all the buildings that are kind of like jutting out from the mountainside. Uh, it is uh, not as quiet as my location I'm staying in. I'm actually staying in a village called Montepatuso, which is kind of up further on the mountainside. And uh, I drove a Vespa down here today, uh, and I will tell you guys all about our trip. But I want to welcome Chris to join me. Say hello, Chris. Buongiorno. Oh, buongiorno, signore. Uh, so this has been... Uh, I'm sorry, it's evening time. Buonasera. Ah, buonasera. 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 So this has been uh, quite a week as uh, my vacation is getting ready to wrap up soon, and I'll be heading back to the United States of America. And Americano, as I keep telling everybody here when they ask if I'm Italian or not. And uh, and they all seem to be pretty disappointed when I say Americano, but that's all right. But uh, it's been kind of an interesting week. Uh, it started off really uneventful as far as getting on the plane. And, you know, there was a couple good things. Like I got upgraded for free, which I thought was kind of cool on my flight to Heathrow Airport. And then, of course, while I was in Heathrow Airport in London, England, hello, um, I went to get a coffee from Starbucks and the girl did not put the lid on tightly so when I went to like spin my coffee around to stir it I spilled half of it on my friggin shirt and I looked like an asshole sitting in the airport so well let me tell you what your first mistake was I don't care where you are overseas don't ever get Starbucks well it was the only place I couldn't find another cafe place to get a coffee oh there was cafes you just didn't know the names of them. well I don't know anything in London what the yeah. hell do I know I mean I don't even know what language they speak over in England but yeah, they uh, certainly don't speak American no they certainly don't but uh, so then <laughs> after I mean it was I was also really tired I can't sleep on a plane I'm very it's very difficult for me to sleep it's very difficult for me to sleep normally let alone on a plane so uh, you know, but that was neither here nor there. Then I, you know, I made it to Naples. Uh, everybody was telling me to keep my head on a swivel, watch my back, make sure I didn't get stabbed and robbed or possibly piss off some kind of mafia kingpin or whatever. Um, I did none of that. So knock wood. I hopefully I will make it back safe and sound. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it was nice. I went to Pompeii and saw all the frozen dead people. And uh, I see dead people. And uh, it was uh, it was it was kind of cool. It was pretty interesting to see that part of history and, and be able to live that through vicariously through their eyes, so to speak. Uh, I did get to drive kind of up towards Mount Vesuvius. I rented a car and I drove kind of up towards Mount Vesuvius as far as you can go. There's like a point where you can go and then it's like a 30 minute hike to like get to the crater. Uh, I did not want to do a 30 minute hike to get to, I don't want to do a 30 minute hike to go anywhere, let alone a crater in another country. So, well, I mean, Hey, you, you, you hiked 30 minutes up these stairs to this place. So I appreciate that. I did. Well, that's, we'll get to that in a brief moment, but I just want to say, uh, 
as I like to joke around that uh, Vesuvius uh, allegedly or historically they have it says it erupted in um, August 24th of the year 79 AD and I like to think that 1900 years later another massive eruption happened on August 24th and uh, you're welcome world I'm wait, here wait, what was the actual year 79 AD? 79 AD. Were you born? 1979. Oh, my goodness. This is fate. Oh, it's my friend. Oh, it sure is fate. Yeah. And uh, I think my mother claims that my family is from Naples, Nabilidan. So maybe somebody somewhere down the line on the Coviello slash Antico family tree was from Naples. I don't really know. I'm sure that that's not true anyway. But, uh, (laughs) I mean, when we did the. uh, Your mom's not even Italian. Let's be very clear. Well, my mother's. She's part Italian. Well, no, she's my mother's all Italian. Yes, she is all Italian. There she is. But um, yeah, no, it was it was a, it was a lot of fun. And uh, then I made my way. We made our way down to the Amalfi Coast via like a nice little private car ride. And here's where the happenings happen. <laughs> the madcap fun happens. So the gentleman that we had ordered the car ride from, he pulls up to this street. Now, I have no idea where the hell I am, because how the hell would I know where I am? I'm really good driving around Massachusetts, pretty good driving around the rest of the friggin' country if I have to, but I don't know where I am in Italy. I mean, it's all the signs obviously are in Italian, so I don't know where the fuck I'm going. I have all these problems figuring out how fast I'm going, because it's all in kilometers and... 62%. Yeah, okay. I'm not doing that math while I'm trying to friggin' Just roughly pay 60%. Attention. It's pretty easy. It's, it's Yeah, I'm not doing that Cut math. it in half and add 10. Yeah, I'll cut it in half and add 10. I'll fucking cut you in half and add 10. Uh, <laughs> but, so, the guy drops us off, and he just kind of says in his, like, butchered American English, you know, it's called up there, right. And I'm like... But, but, but back up, though, like, so, first of all, we're in this big passenger van. Yeah. And we're on this windy kind of cliffy road, and it's Keith my wife and myself and we're driving up this thing there's only room for one car there's not even room for people to walk on either side of this car and he brings us up as far as we can go and cars can no longer travel and he's like okay we stop here you just go down it's down there on your right yeah he's not all right chris is chris is not doing the the, the accent justice well, this I'm guy not, I'm trying not to be racist this guy well i'm not being racist i'm just saying the guy spoke very broken english but regardless also apparently his name was massimo yeah there's another massimo and everybody's everybody that drives like uh like a like a rental car is named massimo apparently out well, here, so. on our last trip out here all of our drivers were named Gianluca. So. oh Gianluca. oh okay yeah. so massimo and john luca out there shout outs to those guys but uh so I get my bag, I have my luggage, and I'm walking, and I'm walking, and I'm walking, and I have no idea where I am. And I'm just walking, walking, trying to look for a way to go right. Finally, when I get to this opening, and I'm in, like, this little villa, like, plaza, I'm like, okay, my Airbnb is not here. Um, I had a data plan (laughs) to get international data, but it wasn't working right, and the street that I was my rental was on wasn't coming up as an actual street so I was like I don't know where I am I'm starting to get nervous uh let's just say I really had to go to the bathroom uh number one and number two really bad and I was really hoping to get into my Airbnb so that I could take care of that take care of business that wasn't happening so I stop into like this rest or this little store and I said excuse me I go English and they're like a little bit and I was like okay 
I don't know where I am. Can you help me out? And they're like, I don't know. So then they bring me to this restaurant, and this person's like, oh, I know where that is. I was like, great. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's like a ways away. I was like, okay. She goes, I'm going to have my driver take you there. So I was like, oh, thank you so much, lady. You know. So I get in the van with the driver. He's already pissed off at me for no reason, right? And he drives, I don't know, well, like two miles. Wait, 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 wait. wait. A good Samaritan, basically. Oh, yeah, I'll help you out. Yeah. Is pissed at you. Yeah. No, no, no. The good Samaritan was fine. It was the driver of the Good Samaritan because he was like the delivery guy for the restaurant, uh, and he was pissed at me because apparently I was putting him out. So, but here's the okay, he drives like three miles down the road, and then he just stops and he's like, "I can't bring you any further." And I was like, "Well, wait, we're not even anywhere near where it says it is on um, the map." Because I had at that point I had connected to Wi-Fi and found Google Maps and opened ways and all this, and I'm like. I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm not, I think I'm like another half an hour away. I'm like, and he was just like, I can't go any further. I get, so he leaves me in the middle of like, I don't know where the hell I am. And then he just drives away and he turns and he looks at me and he goes, go up that way. And I was like, what, what is that way? I go, I don't know what that way is. So he, he sends me that way. So I start walking up that way. I don't know where I'm going. I, I sit down on, like, a bench in front of a house, and I'm, like, freaking out now because I don't know where I am. I'm texting my um, Airbnb hostess, and she's like, I don't know where you are either. You, Chris was telling me to put a pin in Google Maps. I'm like, dude, my Google Maps don't work because I'm in an area where I can't even get, like, a cell phone signal. I was fucking lost, okay, in my opinion. So this woman comes out of her house, like a young woman, probably in like her 30s, I would say. She comes out to smoke a cigarette because everybody in Italy smokes cigarettes here. So um, she comes out and she says, oh, and I said, excuse me. And I go, do you do you know where I'm like, I'm trying to find my Airbnb. And she says, oh, I don't know. And she's like, but I have a friend who's a driver. So she goes, I'll call him. So she calls her friend and he goes, oh, I can do it for 50 euro. And I was like, I didn't get that. Oh, stop it, Siri. Stop it, Siri. Um, My Siri went off. And I went, I I don't care. I'm like, I just, I need to get to my Airbnb. Please help me. So the guy comes. He drives me basically back to where I got into the car with the driver of the restaurant. Get out. And there's my hostess standing in front of the Airbnb. Now, I didn't realize this at the time because, like I said, I was very tired I hadn't really slept. I had to go to the bathroom. I was exhausted. I was nervous. I was all flustered and verklempt, whatever you will. And uh, I just was so grateful. I paid the guy 50 euro. I went into the Airbnb and heard the lady. She told me all about what, you know, where to do whatever and everything. And then she left and I collapsed and I ended up falling asleep. Um, Needless to say, when I got up the next day and I was like looking around... I realized that where I got in the van was literally 30 feet away from, not even, five feet away from where my Airbnb was. And I was like, what an asshole I am. And then where the restaurant was that I went in and talked to the first woman is like basically right above the bus stop that the bus that you take to go to the center of town is. So here's the thing. So that woman knew you were in the right spot and sent you away. Yeah, so what does that tell you about Italy? They don't want me here either. Um, No, but the thing that makes me laugh, though, is that I couldn't find the street. No one knew the street that I was on because I was on, on like, uh, Monsignor something or whatever street. And it's the friggin' street that the bus drives down. So it's part of the bus route. 
And I'm like, what the fuck is going on in this town? So, and the only reason that the guy that drove me for the 50 euro, which, what a dick. He drove literally three miles for 50 euro. Like, he's an asshole. He should have been like, bro, here's the place. It's fine. Don't worry about it. But regardless, he helped me yeah, out of a bind. Yeah, tourist, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, was a, I was a typical Dude. tourist. And, but um, needless to say, when I told him the name of the book. Oh, maybe that's a scam. Oh, probably. Maybe they're all in. They're all involved. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The lady sent you three miles away, knowing that the other, the other guy would bring you back for fifty euros. Yeah, and then they oh, split it. Yeah, mm, that could scam. be a scam. Yeah. Um, but needless to say, I got to my Airbnb. Everything was fine, and that was the first day. End of story. Uh, I will say that um, Italy should really rename itself to uh, Stairly because there is nothing but stairs in this friggin' country. I mean, there were stairs in Rome. There were stairs in Florence. There are stairs in Positano. Apparently, there's also stairs in Sorrento. There's stairs in Amalfi. There's stairs in uh, Ravello. There's stairs all over the fucking place. I mean, did any... No one... Did the whole friggin' country just decide that they're just gonna build everything in mountains? Like, what the frig? It's just... Okay, okay, hang on. I gotta interrupt you. It's a lovely rant and all, but you gotta remember, this shit was all built before electricity, before elevators. This is the literal, like, birthplace of modern history. This is the renaissance. Like, this, like, the retrofit to all this is insane. They had flat roads during the Renaissance, Chris. They've had flat roads. You don't see many. You don't see many movies about medieval England where they're walking around up and down stairs, flights of stairs all the time. There's usually like just a lot of flat roads that horse and carriages are on. That's okay. That's England. Whatever. Um, the point <laughs> I'm trying to make is there's a lot of stairs here. Now, as I'm sure, of course, but yeah, of course we're at like a cliffside village so yeah yeah we're at a cliffside village okay. that was built in the year 1000 listen this is really pretty but it's not like it's it's any prettier than friggin' downtown everett i mean let's be honest <laughs> well ever since they put that win in <laughs> that's true yes um, have you been to the venetian in vegas have you seen that new msg sphere <laughs> listen i've been to the venetian in vegas i don't need to go to venice it's fine um, I've been to the Paris in Vegas, and I went up the Eiffel Tower in Vegas. I don't need to go to Paris. It's what, what do they got in Paris that they don't have in Rude Vegas? People. Yeah. Rude people. <laughs> Rude people. Yes. croissants. Yeah, that's true. I can get. Yeah, you can get a good croissant. Um, I will say, however, the food here is amazing. Um, there's just prosciutto parma ham, which I think is the same thing. Prosciutto di parma. Uh, Buffalo mozzarella, which is just unbelievable. It's better than any other mozzarella you're going to get. I guess if you're going to get um, mozzarella, you really should get it from, um, what is it? Like it's a, uh, what's the animal? It's not a buffalo, but it's like a buffalo. Oh, it's, it's, it's a water milk. buffalo. It's cow milk. It's a water, but it's a water buffalo. It's a specific type. It's not just your regular run-of-the-mill cow. can't swim. No, 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 but it's a water buffalo. That's a type of that's a type of I buffalo. Mean, I, mean, I know you're being yeah. funny, but um, yeah, it's it's so delicious the way they they make it. They salt it. It's really good. This is like the birthplace of lemons. So limoncello is a big deal here. Um, everything lemon. Well, Amalfi lemons are so, so Amalfi lemons are not what you'll see. There's like a hundred varieties of lemons, right? And all we ever see in the U.S. either like Myers or Eureka, which you know, they all kind of small, super tart and sweet, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like. An Amalfi lemon, it, like they can be bigger than your fist or bigger than your head. They're just, they're huge. Yeah, actually, it, last uh, year, last year when you when we went to your wedding in Florence, 
uh, or in Tuscany, rather, at the villa we were at, they had lemon trees, and these lemons were seriously like the size of footballs. And I'm not kidding. Like, they were, well, maybe not a full football, maybe a Tom Brady semi-deflated football. But, you know, hi shots fired. But, uh, no, it was very good. Um, The food is amazing, though. I'm trying to think, like, we had the first night that I was here. So I went to, like, I went to a pizza place across from, oh, yeah, let me tell you guys about this. So, okay. So I went over, I, I rented a car when I was in Naples and I drove to Pompeii and I decided that I wanted to um, enjoy it in a little bit more of a uh, herbal way, so to speak. So I uh, ingested some herb, well, I inhaled some herbal remedies, remedies. Uh, via vaporizer and I went on my little treat retreat and let's just say I enjoyed the Pompeii and when I left, I was like, I'm hungry. Let me go get something to eat. So I said, well, I'm in Naples. I might as well go get some pizza. So I went to go get some pizza, and there was a pizza place right across the street from from Pompeii. And I said, well, it's got to be good pizza because it's a tourist attraction, so they probably put, like, good pizza there, you know? So I went in, and I... Was it it Papa Gino's? No, it wasn't Papa Gino's. It was just a... I forget the name of the restaurant, but it was was a legit restaurant. So I. But it definitely wasn't Papa John's. No, it wasn't Papa John's. It wasn't Papa Gino's. It wasn't... Mamma Mia Papadilla. It was wasn't that, any of that. Was it just a square Elio's pizza that you used to get in grade school with the, the three diagonal pepperonis and the, the crust was basically cardboard? I mean, yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's where it was. <laughs> Maybe that's where it originated. It originated in Pompeii. But uh, so <laughs> that's what they were eating when the uh, volcano <laughs> yeah. hit. So I, you could tell that the, now I was definitely a little spaced out. Uh, and you could tell that the waiter had wanted nothing to do with me. So he was just looking at me, and I, he comes over, and he's like, buongiorno, because they all come over, and they say buongiorno, because naturally we're in another country. You're going to say your native language. And I just was like, I, I could tell I was too I was too uh, under the influence to, like, answer him in a right way. So I was kind of like, uh, and he just looked at me, and he and I was like, uh, and I'm just pointing at the menu, and I'm just po- pointing at food items, and he got it, and he he figured it out. But you could tell he had nothing; he, he wanted nothing to do with me. He wanted me to leave as fast as possible. And in fact, it was probably the fastest service I've had in Italy. <laughs> Both times I've been here, where they when, were like, when, when time had actually slowed down for you too. No, it wasn't even that time. It, right? Well, no, yeah, yeah, time had slowed down. Yes. Yeah, what, that's one thing I noticed a lot is when I'm under the influence of certain herbal remedies, that songs take forever. Like, I'm listening to songs, and I'm just like, man, this song. Like, when, it's like every song turns into Freebird. I don't understand. Like, they're all, like, 17 minutes long. Oh, yeah, long. No, yeah, yeah. You, you have a little of the herbal remedy, and all of a sudden you're... I'm jamming out at a concert, yeah. Or you're uh, in no, the shower. Oh, like, no, I'm jamming out at a concert. It's like, what the hell happened? Have so, I been in the shower for 30 minutes? No, it's been five. It's been five, yeah. yeah. Well, you told that great story of when we were at, when I came to visit you one time, and we were driving, and I looked at you, and I all was right, like. so we went to. Uh, okay, tell the yeah, story. Yeah, I'll tell the story. So uh, we were in L.A. Keith came out to visit. Uh, I decided I was going to treat Keith to a fancy steakhouse. And for anyone that knows L.A., I lived in the valley, and then the steakhouse is in Beverly Hills, which meant I had to go through the canyons. Not a big deal, especially at night, no traffic. So, like, (laughs) we go from, like, cityscape to, like, countryscape because you're in the canyons and you don't see anything, (sighs) and we're sitting there, we're sitting there, and it's all kind of quiet, and Keith flips the fuck out on me, angry beyond belief, 
Where the fuck are we going to Timbuktu? I don't need an hour drive just to get a piece of steak. I wasn't that angry. Yeah, yeah, you were very angry. I wasn't that angry. I looked at my car that had the timer on it, and I said, Keith, we've only been in the car for 15 minutes. I wasn't that angry, folks. But uh, needless to say, yes. So time slowed down. Uh, I got out of there. I made it back to my hotel. Everything was great. And everything worked out. Copacetic. So uh, it was it was good. But let's see what else so this was so okay so that was the first day getting here that was on monday tuesday was beach day now tuesday was independence day in the united states of america of course that meant absolutely nothing here exactly and which i found i actually had tweeted out that i had said this is the first time in almost i'm 43 years old that i have been outside of the united states during the fourth of july not that that means anything. It just means I don't travel a lot on the week of 4th of July. But I found it funny that I just have never... It's really just kind of an odd fact about me that I've never been outside of the country on the 4th of July. So I've every 4th of July since up until now has been the typical sitting around, going to a barbecue, swimming in a pool maybe, having some hot dogs, and then eventually watching fireworks. And I just found it really funny that I actually wasn't around this 4th of July and seeing all of my friends post on Twitter like what parades they were at or what fireworks shows they were going to, it was just kind of, it was kind of cool. Uh, uh, my favorite actually is watching you get indignant with the locals that there was going to be no fireworks show. And what do you mean there's no fireworks show? This is America. This is 4th of July. And they had to go back to you and say, no, this is not America. I mean, I wasn't totally... I mean, (laughs) I only yelled at, like, four people. But, you know. And I think I said something like, if it wasn't for us, you guys would be ruled by Nazis. And, you know, I I think I got a little belligerent, but maybe not that much. No, I didn't say that. I'm just kidding. Um, But, yes, it was... Oh, you know what was funny is in the the Pompeii book that I got, is there's there's a line about how um, they had, like items that they had found that were destroyed by an unnecessary Anglo-American bombardment in like 1940-something. And I went, that was re- they put it in the book, they said unnecessary. unnecessary. And I was like, that's really funny that they put that in there. Anglo-American. So that's England and America bombing Italy. And they, so I guess, I, I guess. guess I guess that's the same wording in the Pat Tillman report. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, that's dark. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but um, I think it's... That is dark, man. Wow, God. But, yeah, no. So it was it was fun that it was like they said that because I thought that was kind of cool. Um, you know, referencing, you your service. Referencing the fact that we bombed the hell out of... Apparently, we weren't allowed to bomb Naples and Pompeii and... But it makes sense. I don't know why we were bombing anybody in Italy, but okay. Because um, uh, Mussolini was here and he had an alliance yeah, with Hitler. Yeah, but the Italians were getting sick of him and eventually they got rid of him in, in a very classic Italian way. You know, hanging him upside down in the town square. I love that. That's a great story, listening to how the death of Mussolini. You should look that up if you don't know. Oh, God, I hope history repeats <laughs> itself in America at some point. Me, well, not yeah, right not now. now. No, but, you Cur- know. Not currently, but no, you never but know. Yeah. Um, you, never know how th- you never know how the winds will... The yeah. winds have changed. So, yeah, so we ended up going to uh, the next day we went down to the beach, which was really nice. It was on a private beach. Uh, I woke up, uh, let's see, you woke up at around 10. Yeah, maybe a little earlier, but we really didn't get down to the beach until like 10. You got down to the beach at 10. Uh, I woke up at 1230. <laughs> no, I woke up at 1145, and I was like, oh, shit, he I slept w- in. He woke up because 
He's like, yeah, if you don't hear from me, just text me. Well, he wasn't answering his texts, and the text turned into phone calls, and I think a phone call woke you up. No, it was it was absolutely not. I had my phone on silent, um, and no no breakthrough, anything like that. I have an emergency breakthrough for my nephew, but I didn't have it for anything else. I fully went to sleep. I'm insulted. Well, I mean, but it's only because I, I'm usually not asleep when you call me. I'm usually Look, awake. Keith, what if I have a really good fart joke to tell you at 3 a.m.? You'll, you can text me. It'll, I'll uh, see it in the morning. But, uh, <laughs> so I ended up, I, I got up. I went, oh, shit. I see, like, 17 missed texts, four missed phone calls. He checks in. He goes, are you alive? I said, yes, I'm alive. I just woke up. I'm really sorry. I'll be on my way. Now, as I said before, I'm kind of up in the hills it took me like a solid two hours to get down to where the beach was. And then they were on a private beach, which was like adjacent to the public beach. And he and Chris, you were like, oh, just take like a water taxi. They have like a little water taxi well, the that bar goes told around. Us the water taxi went there. And then when I went to follow up two hours later, they're like, no, it doesn't still start until like four o'clock. It was like, yeah, you didn't tell me that at noon. Yeah. So I was like, shit. So Chris came and got me. Um, we walked up a bunch of stairs over a long incline path. Uh, down a few stairs. Yeah, but this path, hang on, you, you, this path is incredible though, because it's literally cliffside, and it's like on one side of you is a cliff, and the other mm-hmm. side of you is water, and you're uh-huh. actually going by these old like uh-huh. garrison towers. Yep, garrison towers. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know who has garrison towers? Who? Charleston, South Carolina. You ever go down there? You could see. Uh, you could see. You could see Fort Sumter. <laughs> Oh, oh, from the War of Northern Aggression? <laughs> yes. So that was a good one. War of Northern Aggression. So, yeah, no, I, I it was it was a beautiful walk. I'm just I'm I'm just playing up a bit that I'm Keith, wh- Keith is upset about the walking in Italy and well, it's, it's it's Europe. It's just all of Europe. Well, really- the, but the all right. So the thing is this. Chris and his wife are like freaking marathon walkers. No, we are, like, no, we are not. Yes, they are, and they love to hike and 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 run around. Chris lives on a hill. He walks his dog up and down the fucking hill all the time. Like it's just they're like Chris's legs are like stone. Like he's just they're they're fucking machines. Him and his wife. And while I appreciate the 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 trip that was planned. Um, I, I, you don't take into consideration that you're traveling with a very fat, out of shape individual. I warned you multiple times that this is all stairs. Yeah, and, and I also said, "Hey, Keith, maybe you should maybe prep up and do maybe like a mile walk each yeah, day, go yeah. around the block." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, tried, you can, I, tried, I tried. You know what? Eat my ass. How about that? Because you got any syrup? <laughs> Why don't you put some balsamic vinegar on it? You seem to like that. Chris went on a trip. Chris's first. So this is the second week he's been in Italy. The first week was filled with uh, real fucking bougie shit. Like he went to fucking Lake Cuomo. I mean, seriously, this is like this is a kid I grew up with, as you guys may have listened to in the previous episode he was on. He's a full blown diva at this point. Like, I mean, we, this is the kid that we grew up. He used to be able to put his head behind, you know, his legs behind his head. He loved. Can. He loved lighting his farts on fire. I still can. Um, he, yeah, but you're like all fucking bougie now. Like you go to Lake Cuomo, they're fucking swimming in the waters with friggin' George Clooney. He I'm goes, sorry, you just, you, I'm sorry, you just took a dip in the Mediterranean. Don't worry about it. It's the, it's the Terranian or whatever. It's a Terranian. Terranian. It's a, it's a well, leg of the, it's a leg of the Mediterranean. Yeah, it's not the Ionian. No, he goes, it's not the Ionian. It certainly is not the Ionian. Excuse me. Um, he's over there. He went to the Ferrari and the Lamborghini factory. Um, he went on a prosciutto and Parmesan cheese We did a food tour. The food tour was Tell me a little bit about your first week here. All right, so we started off on Lake Cuomo. And honestly, like, so this is my sixth trip to Italy. Six, six fucking times, people. <laughs> He's practically got dual citizenship now. 
I'm aiming for it. I mean, that is the goal. I mean, this is this is not without purpose. This is true. All right, so go ahead. So you went to Lake Cuomo. So, so we started off in Lake Cuomo, mm-hmm. and um, it was our first time in Lake Cuomo. I liked it a lot, but yeah. didn't love it. Okay. So, so the food is definitely not as good there. Yeah. And, and it was very, I thought it was just me, and like, because my wife was like, oh, no, no, the food is great here. I'm like, I don't know. I was like, it's all, don't be wrong, it's all good. Mm-hmm. It's all good. But it was like nothing mind-blowingly good. I've actually heard several people who have been to Italy that have said that the food gets better the further south you go. Not no, actually, all the food technically is in the north. The food central of Italy is Emilia Reggiano, and that's where uh, that's the province where um, Bologna, Parma, and Modena are in. Okay. But so further north of that though is like Cuomo, and the reason the food isn't good up there is because it's getting a lot of Swiss influence into the cooking. Oh, and it, we all know how Swiss food is. Swiss Miss. If you're putting Swiss Miss on everything, then you get some serious fucking problems. <laughs> but you want to know what? I'll tell you right now, man. You take a package of Swiss Miss, add that powder shit to some ice cream. That's man. why the tiramisu wasn't good. It was That's just Swiss Miss. Swiss Miss. Dude, I'll tell you, man. You put Swiss Miss on some vanilla ice cream, you're fucking next level right there. And don't get me wrong. It is gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. But all the towns... It's the same thing because it's like mountains going down to a lake, so everything's very hilly. Yeah, it was also extremely hot up there. Uh, oh, uh, really? Oh, yeah. It was, oh, okay. Yeah, it was extremely hot oh, there. All right. Um, and it's very difficult to get around. So each town is small. We stayed in Bellagio. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bellagio named a- that the town is named after the hotel in Vegas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they built it in 04. <laughs> The wind, the wind family. Actually, no, I believe it was. Uh, I believe it was M. Oh, what's his it's name? MGM, is it? No, MGM? what's the guy's no. name that played him in friggin' Ocean's Eleven? Um, and t- not Antonio. But what's, Antonio the, what's the guy's fucking name? Pacino. Right? No, it's not Pacino. It's the one that it's in Andy, Andy Garcia. Garcia. Andy Garcia. Yeah, Andy Garcia built uh, Bellagio, <laughs> the, the town in Italy. <laughs> so go ahead. So you stayed in Bellagio. So, so that's where that was like the home base was. Now it was like an amazing Airbnb because it had a nice patio that overlooked the lake and all that stuff. But getting down the lake was a hassle. Everything's very expensive up there. Uh, One of the things that was cool is I saw like a Instagram video that your wife put where you're opening these gates. And you were like walking into the water, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, that that was cool. So the, he said that there's a lot of staircases that go into the water. There's no, yeah, there's no real beaches. Yeah, uh, but 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 there are like I said, there's like these promenades and and, and these walkways that's, that just it goes from like a stone cliff down to the water, and you mm-hmm. can just go down the steps and just jump right in the lake. The cool thing is though, is like once you jump in the lake, it is so refreshing. It's not salty at all. You get water in your mouth, and it just it tastes good. It's yeah, like you mineral, said it, it's like mineral water. Yeah, you were it, saying yeah. that it's like it's almost it's so clean. Well, because yeah. it's all coming from the Swiss Alps, where Swiss Miss is made. It's all just like fresh this, water. Or the Dolomites, I think. Maybe the Dolomites. You said the Dolomites. Dolomites yeah. Yeah. But I wanted to go back to the Swiss Miss. Miss joke. Uh, That's all right. Good reference. Um, yes. Um, yeah. No. I mean, that was. And then you. And then you said from there you took like day trips. You went to Modena. Well, no, s- no, 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 no. Oh, okay. So, so, so from from Bellagio, then we did like different little day trips. And had to take ferries to different parts of Lake Cuomo. So we went to, I think, I can't remember the names of them anymore, but we obviously went to Cuomo. Yep. Uh, apparently, the inventor of the battery 
I forget his first name, but his last name was Volteri. Okay. So that's where the word volts come from. And there was a museum there, and I missed, oh. I missed the museum. So, like, I oh. want to go back there to, like... Okay. Everyone's like, oh, Lake Cuomo is famous for George Clooney. It's not. It's famous because the inventor of the battery. Well, I don't Alexander think... Voltaire or well, something. Jo- well, George Clooney doesn't own the whole fucking place. I mean, he owns Am probably, I? like... Does he? I thought he owns, like, one little house or something. Yeah, or one a, big house. It's one big house. So. Oh. But, um, so then after... All right, so then after... Bellagio, you went to... We went to Leno, I think was the name of one of the towns. Or, yeah. uh, so we went like the three or four of the different towns around there, and they're all small and cute and mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I thought was interesting up there... Yes. It was just the way the sun hits. Mm-hmm. So the sun, like during the day here, the sun just lights up this coast and these buildings become alive yeah. with color and it's all vibrant. Mm-hmm. You didn't really get that up there. Like the colors were just somehow more muted. Yeah. And it was just... It took away from some of the majesty of it all, I guess is the best way to put it. Well, and then your wife was complaining about, and not that this was a complaint, more or less. I agree with her completely. She was saying that they were building, like, a modern house or a modern, like, hotel or something. Yeah. And it was just, like, this hideous, like, ultra-modern, like, it would be a building you would see in Los Angeles. Yeah. You know? So, like, when we did a boat tour one day. And be honest with you, that we thought the boat tour was a little bit of a ripoff compared to other trips we've taken out here and other boat tours. Mm-hmm. So it was like two hours on this tiny boat, and it was just the two of us, which was nice. And he let us go, like, you know, swimming in the lake and other parts. And I, But we were going part of one of the towns, and that's where we actually saw Clooney's house from, from, a, from oh, the lake. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah, you didn't so tell me you saw that. Yeah, All so right. I, I mean... That's cool. It looks like any other village yeah, yeah. here, but really. Go ahead. But they point out that yeah, it's George, George Clooney's, Clooney's oh, nice. and they told us that. Who knows if it's real or not? Yeah. But uh, but one of the things they said, he bought the place. So he bought the place from the Heinz family, from Heinz Ketchup. Oh, really? Yeah. So he went there once, hmm. fell in love with it, bought it from them for ten million dollars, and now it's worth a hundred million. Uh, John Kerry, former U.S. Senator, former Secretary of State, is married to Teresa Heinz, who is not a true Heinz. She married into it. Oh, look at you with a little extra fact that you just. Shot right at she, me. She, she, because she married before Carrie Senator John Hines, and he died. But she, she retained the estate. Oh, that place, or just the? Did she own that? Place? I don't, I don't know what her connection to the okay. house was oh, at all, all right. but, but in terms of like she kept the Hines name. Oh, all some, right. Wow, look at you. Yeah, shit. Look, Chris, Chris, I, uh, I did sir. some, go- I did some googling. I was like, I wonder if he got that from Carrie. Or, yeah, yeah, look at that. You served me up right. Um, so tell me about the Lamborghini and the Ferrari factory. Well, hang on. So oh, okay. So we, Clooney's house. But that, I can't remember the name of the town. I want to say it's Leno, but I could be completely wrong. Uh, I like Jay Leno. Hey, yeah, 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 there's a car garage. Yeah, there's a car garage up there. <laughs> there's a lot of denim up there. There's a lot of denim in there. I didn't know if you know that, that uh, Bellagio is known for its denim. Um, <laughs> there was just tons of cranes, and you could see it. Because they're doing a ton of construction, I asked the. Our, oh, our I thought you guy. meant cranes like the birds. No, it was a bunch. <laughs> it was it was a fucking bunch of Danielsons just standing on piers, <laughs> practicing their kicks. Oi, karate do yes, karate do no, karate do Bellagio, just like grape. And so I asked, and I was just sort of like, so is this all like new construction, or is it, or are they just you know re- refurbishing old buildings and getting them up and running again? He's like, oh no, it's it's both. It's new construction. Wow. And then you so you start going around the lake, you see there's modern houses there and modern mm. hotels. And they stick out like a sore fucking thumb. It's like they're they're hideous. Mm. Like I'm all for if you're gonna expand and, sure. and do new, like but at least have some. But sort have of, it be like a classic uh, style that fits the, the ex- place. Ex- exactly. Yeah. You could modernize it, but mm-hmm. not have it be like a hideous cube. And sure. Not, and not fit the surroundings. Sure. Yeah. Like you could put all modern shit inside the exactly. house, but have the outside facade look like a part of like what the actual town is supposed to look like. I- I- exactly. So that's I like, agree. That took away from the charm. The food took away a little bit of the charm. 
Wow. So, so then from there, yep. then we spent a few days in our home base was Modena. Okay. And for anyone that's been to the grocery store, Modena is the home of balsamic vinegar. Yes, balsamic vinegar, a uh, a, a Modena treat. Um, so I think that you picked up a bottle. You had texted me and you said, do you want me to get you a bottle of this stuff? Because you had gone on a tour yes. of a balsamic vinegar factory. Yeah, so one day we did a, a full-on food tour. Mm-hmm. And it started off going to the, the Parmesan factory in Parma. Uh, to which my wife did not realize Parmesan came from Parma. Oh, okay. <laughs> I had to throw that dig in there. I didn't know that that was, I mean, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know buffalo wings come from a buffalo, but I've never seen wings on a buffalo. <laughs> well, you didn't know buffalo could go in the water earlier, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, so you guys went to the Parma Parmesan cheese factory. And so that was actually fascinating to watch. Yeah. Uh, um, and then the uh, the whole process and the amount of aging that it takes to go in. So minimum Parmesan, I think, has to be twelve months, maybe fourteen months. Mm. And, and I think it's. I think you said fourteen. The ham. Be, the yeah. ham is definitely fourteen months. Yeah. Uh, um, and now that's like, that's the, and you said that there was like some interesting like it's part of a leg, and it, it's it, it's like a different part of the pig that they use, and everything has to be like specific and yeah. So you were telling me about this horse sod like file down horse bone that they have to stick into the into the Pan, a ham in order to see if it's ready. So, so all right. So everything up, the, everything in Italy is just organic. Everything is sort of farm to table. Everything mm-hmm. is sort of recycled. Nothing goes to waste. So you have all this. Like first of all, you get the reason Parmesan Reggiano and not fucking crap Parmesan sawdust cheese. Yeah, uh, it has to be officially certified by the country. Is IDP, IGP, DOP, one of those initials. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Um, and it has to go through a special process. And it goes into the aging of it in a special way up there. But also, the there's certain bacteria that's in the wheat that the cows eat that gives it its flavor. Ah. And so that's one of the reasons it has to come from that region. So you can buy Parmesan anywhere, but Parmesan Reggiano yeah. has to come from... Which every every, every yeah. chef that you see on, t- on YouTube or whatever tells you to use Parmesan or Reggiano. Yeah, so. there's a huge difference. There is. And I've had regular Parmesan and I've had Parmesan or Reggiano when you and, can tell a difference. And the amount of age that goes into it as well makes yeah. a huge difference mm-hmm. too. Uh, uh, but anyways, there's all this whey that's left over from after you get the cheese out, gallons and gallons of whey. Yeah. They don't let that go to waste. They ship that off to feed the pigs. And the pigs drink that whey with cereal, and that helps give the prosciutto de Parma the oh. ham its flavor. Well, there you go. So that, so that's... That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And so because of the amount of ham that Italy produces, it all can't come from um, Parma, uh, Parma Reggiano. They actually have two other regions they pulled the, 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 the pigs from, but it's just the pig legs, the hindquarters. Yeah. But those pigs are being still being fed the way. Oh, okay. And they can the furthest they can be is like a two days drive away. This is the way. This is the way. So, and I know that uh, now, for anybody that also may or may not know, um, the Cheeks is where they get the... Guanciale. Guanciale, which is when you make carbonara, you're supposed to use guanciale, not bacon. So if you're American trash, you use bacon... If Let's you're don't say American trash. Some people can't find guanciale. Okay. If you're if you're, if you're American uh, and you think you know what you're doing, you use pancetta. 
Oh yeah, that's right. true. Yeah. That is very true, right? Yeah, pancetta is a yeah, pancetta is a it's a it's a substitute. It's an accepted substitute. It I mean, is. It is. It is. It is an accepted. Bacon's substitute. an accepted substitute. Substitute as well. No, it's, it's just, not. No, don't you ever tell an Italian that. No, I'm not going to tell an Italian that. But I mean, I'm talking about like you know, if you're somebody living in the middle of Indianapolis and you can't get good guanciale, you're going to have to use, and you can't even find, you know, anything else. You're going to have to use bacon. Then, then it's then just don't it's not use habanero. No, <laughs> don't use applewood smoked bacon, or don't use like a maple glazed bacon. Try to use something that's you know as natural as you can get. But um, <clears throat> so okay, so that's uh, that was the that was the Parmesan cheese tour, and then we did the the, the prosciutto tour, the prosciutto de Parma, and so that is minimum age fourteen months. It's interesting. So I don't know. I I, I, I don't know why I always thought the stuff was just slow cooked and aged. No, that shit's raw. Did you know that? Oh really? It's all raw meat. It's just aged. Well, I I could see that, right? I yeah. mean, I, I like it doesn't surprise me, but does surprise no, me. It's, I mean, it, yeah. Well, it's 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 kind of like I, I I watching a lot of people eat like aged beef and stuff like that. I can see where like a lot of people have it raw, and it, it's almost like a. Uh, so you mean they don't cook it at all? No, not at all. They just smoke it. No, they don't even just smoke it. So they 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 get the the leg has to be a certain size, certain diameter. Yep. Uh, um, it has to be cut at a certain angle, and basically they coat it in salt, and then they age it for like a week in a refrigerator at a certain temperature, and then they bring it back out, they resalt the whole thing, and then it has to go in the re- another refrigerator at a slightly different temperature for like two weeks, and huh. and then from there it goes basically into different aging rooms, really at different temperatures, and it just ages and ages and ages. And here's the big thing about the Parma, uh, the Parma Reggiano area. It sits in a certain valley that gets a misty sort of wind from the Adriatic and, and from the Po. So it gets a cooler climate and all that air blows up. So all these old, like, prosciutto factories, they all, these, they all have these super tall, like, vertical like windows yeah and they would open these things up mm-hmm. so the air just kind of comes in and helps age the meat and okay it, and it has to be done in that fashion now they sort of pump the air in from the outside but it has to be that external air hmm. and that that air that comes up in this region is why that whole region is known for its food because it protects the climate okay all right that's yeah. pretty interesting yeah right. yeah, yeah. Wow. So, oh table sorry okay so uh, that was so that was the pama de ham yeah and so anyways <laughs> and it goes through its various phases and it has to be minimum age 14 months and then from there like it begins building up like you like where they cut it and the bone is you'll see like this white shit that looks like mold on it but it pick, it's yeast it's yeast that starts growing on it and yep. prevent it from going bad they put some sort of i don't know what's in it anymore some sort of like some sort of special paste like a salt paste or something no like that. it's not salt Okay. But it, it could be like a cornflour type thing that okay. goes on it. And mm-hmm. they cover this the paste up to just basically seal the cap of it once it's like 10 months or something. Yeah. And then it does its other like four months. And then it's good to go. And literally someone has to come through and inspect every piece of meat. And now this is where Chris and they do, was... And they do seven... They, and this place is like seven million legs a year. Well, this is where Chris was telling me. So they have a filed down piece of a horse leg. Horse bone. Horse bone that you stick into the center of the leg of of pig and At they pull five it out different points yeah and they pull it out and they smell it to see if it smells rotten or not and if as long as it doesn't smell rotten it passes the test yeah 
it, yeah. it, and so it could be like with DOP, which is like the certified. Yeah. And if it's not rotten, but it's not quite DOP, then it just becomes like the national ham, which is interesting. So it's no longer prosciutto de Parma, but it's still good ham. Mm. So that's, I mean, that's very similar, at least in the the manufacturing of it, as to how they make like whiskeys and wines and other things that where they let like stuff ferment and get to a certain point. So that's that's pretty cool. Uh, I think. I mean, it's delicious nonetheless. I mean, it's certainly better than your butterball ham or whatever. So uh, Your boar's head. Yeah. Boar's head. Um, Black Forest. I love that guy. Black Forest, boar's head ham. I always love that guy because he sounds like, you know, he smokes 75 Lucky Strikes a day. And he, he wants to be the most interesting man in the world. Listen, I, you have in a village in Germany, there's a black forest. And the pigs that they hunt and kill in the black forest of Germany become the best boar's head ham that you'll ever eat. Slabbered with mustard. Spicy brown mustard. It's so delicious. It must be boar's head. Um, oh, dude, you should totally either A, voiceover movie trailers, yeah, or Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Batman, Boar's Head. Um, well, now, so... I'm Boar's Man. Well, now, you were talking about balsamic vinegar and that whole... Oh, my God. I can't... I can't I'm not going to explain <laughs> this process correctly. Yeah. I'm not. It's I, just... I will tell you that the, the process that he was explaining about how they make balsamic vinegar, it almost... Go to YouTube and look up how they make like soy sauce in uh, in China or Japan or wherever it is that they make it. It's I, I I think it's China. It's very similar to like no soy well soy sauce is also in sushi right now. Yeah, I it's think both, so. yeah, both, but both, I mean yeah. I think they make it. I think it originated in China, and I forgive me if it didn't. But the way that they make it, where they let the stuff ferment and how they put it in jars and barrels and all, it's very similar to. I mean, it's very similar to how uh, the Tabasco is made uh i mean what's it matt i always say the name wrong i think it's like it's not in Mac sriracha no mcelhaney's or mccann it's the it's the tabasco company macklemore no not macklemore not that guy not you, you, you buying your tabasco stuff at the your tabasco sauce at the thrift shop no it's not it's not thrift shop it's like mcelhaney's mcelhaney's mcelhaney yeah whatever it is yeah, it's yeah. like i always think it's like mcelhaney's but whatever but it's if you look at the videos of how they make that stuff it's the same kind of process it, it's, it's a similar like, it's, process yeah, it's kind of like a mole in that yeah. weird sense because it goes on yes. forever yeah it's a very it's a very yeah because you were talking about like starter balsamic and you know where it's like it's almost like sour bread they have like a starter that they use that they just continue adding on to and all this so yeah i mean look it comes it comes from grapes mm -hmm. it's not fermented so it's alcoholic but it's great must it's like the must, it's the remnants yeah. so yeah. okay so when they're making wine they like in theory they're squashing the grapes so think of Think of the Lucy, I Love Lucy episode where she's squashing the grapes. Or that news reporter that fell and made that really hilarious sound when she was doing the squashing grapes. But they don't really squash grapes anymore. But, like, when they with their feet. But when they squash the grapes, I think the must is what's left over. Yeah. After they get all the juice and, out. And that gets basically put into a... You squeeze more juice and more water and more sugar out of it. And that goes into, like... A giant wooden barrel, yeah, you know, you know, you know like a giant ass wine barrel, yeah, and it reduces eventually, and that's it, how it, you get balsamic yeah, and vinegar. You, you let it just—they keep actually a cap of it open and a cloth yeah. covering the bunghole. Mm -hmm. That that way, uh, it, the water can just slowly evaporate. And just so you know, that really is a real phrase, bunghole. That really is like a what thing. What they're called? Yeah. yeah, it really is, which I always found funny that it's really called a bunghole. 
Hey, the guy might get his pants from a bunghole. That's you, that. You got TP from my bunghole? That, no, that's. Yeah, yeah. Do you don't remember that Lyndon Johnson call where. He, so, Lyndon Johnson, former president of the United States, he really liked this pair of pants. And he had called. There's a great video, great recording of the of the audio where he calls up his tailor and he wants him to make some some more pants for him. And he's on the conversation with the guy. He's in the White House. He's in the Oval Office, and he's talking about how he needs a room for his knife and a room for his pocket change. And then he goes, "And I want you to leave a couple of inches down where my bunghole is, because sometimes it's a little tight in the crotch." And then he burps, and it's like the best because he's like, "I gotta have that little bit of extra space for my bunghole." It's a great. It's a great clip. Apparently, he was known for whipping his pecker out. Oh, yeah. He used to call it, uh, oh, what did he call it? It wasn't Ladybird. No, he didn't call it, and it wasn't something stupid. Like, he didn't call it his Little Johnson. It was like, but yeah, he was, well, because he was an intimidating guy. The other thing about LBJ was great is that he had uh, he had a, a car that could turn into a boat. So like one of those um, duck boats almost. And he would drive people around on his, on his ranch. And he scare them. And scare the shit out of them because he would he would drive like full bore into the fucking water, and people used to freak out, and he would just start laughing. He also was known to take calls in meetings while he was in the shitter in the White House. Uh, so probably like the uh, the Tet Offensive was uh, <laughs> was planned on a on a por- kind of similar to how Trump was always like rage tweeting, tweeting while yeah. he was on the toilet. You know, like I think there's that one. No, the guy got fired. While he was on the toilet, he saw he read the tweet that Trump said he was firing him. Uh, I think that was the the former Secretary of State there. I think he read that he got fired while he was taking a shit. Or oh, something. that was uh, that was the Exxon guy. Yeah, Rex somebody. Rex, yeah, yeah, Rex Tillerson. Tiller- I think yeah. I think he said he was. I think it was him, and he was like, I was on the toilet when I read that I got tweeted that that's why I got fired. So it's nice to see that Trump was carrying on a similar tradition in the White, uh, House. Of, in the White House of LBJ of uh, doing things while he was taking a shit. Um, I'm sure grunting and pleading with his anus to produce something. Uh, Anyways, this is the Italy show. It is the Italy show. So, all right. So we we so when I met up with you guys, that was your tour, and then we had. Uh, oh, oh wait! Oh yeah, go, go back to the balsamic and the oh, bunghole. Okay. Basically, basically, there's there's three different balsamics. Ninety percent of the time, what you buy at the grocery store is just. Your basic balsamic from Modena, and it's like the most watered down thing ever. Uh-huh. True balsamic DOP certified has to be bare minimum 12 years aged, and that comes out thick like a glaze. And it has a much sweeter, fruitier flavor, and you can put that on anything. Yeah. You can put it on ice cream. They had, yeah, they had us try some of it on ice cream. It was amazing. I don't see. It's funny you were talking about like a glaze because I've actually bought like a balsamic glaze before. But that's because they put thickening agents in there, and they don't um, walk that through that. So they'll add things like cornstarch and thickening agents to turn crappy balsamic, not crappy balsamic, just not lesser aged balsamic. And by the way, they say they 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 make that and sell that there too because you can't wait twelve years to start a business. That's true. So you have you have to start. Letting some of the product go earlier at younger ages, in yeah, but I mean, I think if you plan ahead, you're gonna have a stock. It's probably one of these things that's like most of these businesses are probably family owned, oh, yeah, and have for generations been doing this. So, you know, when the kids take over, they already have freaking grandpa's barrel still sitting there. Well, no, there was one barrel there that was a hundred years old, and that thing was like tar black because of all the balsamic that would seep through the wood over the years, yeah, and. and 
basically it's like once once like the balsamic like evaporates in half into the barrel, they move it down to the next. Yeah. And once that evaporates in half, mm-hmm. then they take a batch from the other one, fill yeah. it up, and they cascade yeah. it down and down and down into yeah. this tiny little barrel. And it's that's where you get that really that really thick syrupy shit. It's good. It's really. I love I love balsamic vinegar. I actually. So when we were out to dinner, we had balsamic vinegar, and they brought balsamic vinegar, and they brought oil. And I didn't even put the oil on my bread. I was just putting the straight balsamic vinegar on my bread. So I love that stuff. I love that shit. I could drink that shit, actually. That's how much I love balsamic vinegar. Of course, you drink a little, and you're like, because No, like, vinegar is good for your stomach. That's good for digest- digestion. I'm talking right? about just like the like the, ta- the tartness of it sometimes. Mm. But, uh, yeah, no, so we had, so that was kind of your pre-meeting up with me. Yeah. Um, and um, the one thing I will say, too, is once we got to Modena, mm-hmm. instantly the food became just like through the roof. Like, like everything was mind-blowing. Mm. I discovered new meals there and new drinks there that I've never had before, and everything just blew my mind. Yeah, you were talking about coffee espresso? No, espresso martini. Oh, uh, well, we've had that before. They were serving that at the wedding, actually. Oh, they did? Yeah. Oh, I didn't the other know. Night. Yeah, no, I mean, that's sort of my wife's thing. Okay. Uh, uh, um... No, they... It, at Modena, they're, they're, they're known for... this like... It's kind of like a pastry, airy puff of bread, but it also is kind of like deep fried, so it's not really like flaky, and it's got that sort of sweetness to it. Mm -hmm. And you get these pastry puff type breads served with uh, prosciutto de parma, and then you just put the prosciutto de parma on top of this big, like, fluffy bread, and you just squeeze it, all the air comes out and becomes flat, Mm -hmm. and you fold it over, and it's like a little sandwich, and it's the best fucking thing I've ever had. Okay. It is amazing. All right. And that's a very regional thing. The other regional thing up there that I discovered this time around is instead of limoncello, they drink nocino up there. Oh, yeah. Which comes from walnuts. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's like an Amaro. It's, 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 it's good. I, I dug it. Cool. Yeah. So, all right. So can we, let's see, can we talk about having dinner now? Sure. Like once we got together? Yeah. Okay. Because I want to make sure you're done with your part of the trip. Well, I mean, because I know everybody's listening to this to hear about your fucking trip and not mine. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, look at we did a couple of museum tours. We did a uh, dinner day trip. Shut like the fuck up! No one cares. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just ki- I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You know I love you. Get a Gucci. <clears throat> um, what? What about Gucci? We get a Gucci. Like Gucci the factory. So, Massimo Baturo, who. We ate his, his restaurant several years ago. And who yeah. the hell is that? He is one of the best chefs in the world. Now. Okay. So, his, I don't remember what year it was, but his restaurant, uh, Osteretta Francescata in Modena, uh, um, ranked the top restaurant in the world. In fact, on the very first season of Chef's Table, they feature his restaurant. Oh, cool. So we went there a couple of years ago, and we actually got to meet him, and eat there, and it was... Oh, all right. That's the guy you yeah, met. Yeah, okay. yeah. So yep. he's spinning off, and he had, like, a smaller restaurant in Modern that we tried that was still amazing, but his latest venture has, has been pairing up with Gucci, and so in Florence, there's a Gucci museum, mm-hmm. and he's got a restaurant that's tied to that that was amazing. Apparently, there's an Osteria Gucci by Massimo in L.A. as well, but we refuse to do that. Also, it's probably going to cost three times as much, and it's not like this is shit cheap to begin with. Okay. That was probably the best meal I've had here. And what did you have? If you remember. I don't even remember. Oh, he doesn't even remember, folks. Uh-huh. Uh, they do this one They did this one uh, dish, and he's ordered at both restaurants, but the one at Gucci was better. It's like a tortellini mm-hmm. with prosciutto and parmesan in it, but it's like a creamy parmesan sauce 
Okay. And I have no idea how you turn Parmesan cheese into like a rich, smooth, velvety sauce. It was amazing. I know how. <laughs> you reduce it and like you just put it in, you mix it in with like, you, you basically just mix it in like with a roux. Okay. Roux is a French thing. They will never do that. And this is black magic fuckery. That's all I'm saying. They, they make a roux here. You mean to tell me they never mix flour and butter? Oh, they do. That's all right. So they may not call it a roux, but they still do it. Yeah. So that's how you that's how you make a cheese sauce. But anyway, um, that's basic. Oh, the best thing I had that's there. That's basic cooking, the be, the, Chris. The, Come the, on. the best thing I had there was the uh, the cannolo that wants to be a cannoli. Yeah. And so there's a dish out here called a cannolo, which I've never had before. Okay. And that's like a ragu sort of based thing. Yeah. But people confuse it with cannoli because it sounds similar. Yeah. So he combined the two. Okay. And it was it was basically like this ragu meat stuffed ricotta cheese filled cannoli, and it was amazing. <laughs> wow. Okay. Was it in the hard shell, like the cannoli shell? Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, it was okay. in a shell. It wasn't the It wasn't that actual pastry, but it was in a hard shell. Wow. Was, oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. It sounds good. Kirsten posted a story of it, and I was, like, making faces when I ate it. Hmm. Okay. That's good stuff. Yeah. I can dig that. Um, I actually tried octopus for the first time uh, the other night at dinner. I had never had octopus before. And that was really good. So we actually went out with uh, it was the it was the wedding planner for your wedding last year. Yes, uh, she, she, her, and your wife have become very close. And so we went out for dinner with them and her husband. Uh, it was really a we went to a great little restaurant in Positano, and uh, the it was the, the husband knew the chef I think. And he like, knew the chef. He knew every bottle of wine, what yeah. year it was made, what yeah, it was going to taste like, and it was just like you say, I'm bougie. Yeah, like, I, yeah. I'm like, oh, no, this is well, I mean, you know what? I don't think it's that. I don't know if he, I would say he was bougie. It's just that he's, that, what he's is a he, man of the earth. Is he a sommelier? No, but they have a friend that's a sommelier. Okay. So they, so that he knows what he's talking no, about. No, but actually, so actually, his background was he used to work in bars and clubs and manage them. Mm-hmm. So I think he's been around liquor a lot. And now he yeah. actually works for his wife for the wedding. Business. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, well, that's good. We I mean, should. She's, she's, Hell of, yeah. She did a hell of a job at the wedding. I'll give her that much. So, uh, no wonderful people, I by the can't way. Can't wait to my plan my next one. Sure. Well, the second, whoa, hey, hey now, hey now. The se- well, she's not here. Your wife's in the other room, <laughs> yeah, she so she's me. not hearing it. She's not listening to the show. Is she ain't ever gonna listen to the show. No wives listen to the show. Um, yeah, no. I mean, it was uh, it was a great dinner we had. Uh, I had like a. It was like a linguine or something that had truffles, shaved truffles oh, yeah, on it. Oh, yeah, that good. Yeah, that, your wife and I both had that. Uh, she ordered, like, a pizza. Again, everybody eats pizza, basically, around here. Is like part of, like, your meal. You basically have to order a pizza. I think it's a law. Uh, but, I mean, it's great because, I mean, this is the area. This is the area where pizza was created. So, Napoli. Napoli, right. But this is kind of an extension. It of, is, think, yeah, Napoli. yeah, yeah. So, um, it's all the Campania region. And that's where it. That's where pizza was made. And actually, um, Yvonne, which was the gentleman that we had dinner with, he was telling me all about this pizza that he had in um, I forget what town it was in Campania, but he had like he said it was the best pizza he's ever had. And I was like, oh, okay, so I'm gonna have to get that name. Yeah, that I place know. Again. I need to find that. Yeah, because it was just he said it was like completely next level. Uh, so that was cool though. Having like octopus was real fun. Um, we had way, what were the fish I, things not, that we I, ate? I'm, I'm not a huge fan of octopus, and I've had yeah. only had it a few times. The yeah, octopus was amazing. It was amazing. I, I yeah. can eat it because I've had lots of octopus. It's, just, <laughs> it's rubbery. Well, and then yeah, they, yeah, it yeah, is, yeah. 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 And then they had, and then they ordered like a. It was almost like a raw fish uh, platter. Platter, and it was like they had like raw two different types of raw tuna 
which was unbelievable. It was like crawfish. Yeah, crawfish. I kept telling you to eat Crawns the eyes. With claws. I did. Yeah, I did. He, he I ate did. the eyes, and then like tw- twenty minutes later, he was like, "I can still taste the eyes, guys." Um, so that was just that was that was a lot of fun. The dinner was really good. Uh, we had at the end, we had dessert, and what did we get? We got like the oh, well, Kirsten got a cheesecake, and then I think I got the. Um, the it was the uh, oh it was that cream thing that, yeah it was um, the caramel cream with like like almonds or walnuts yeah it was um it was a parfait but it wasn't really a parfait it was almost more like a um I forget the word I forget what I was trying I forget the name of it it's an Italian dish I've I've I know but it, it was, was good it was good it was very tasty it was like it, it was an ice cream dish it was delicious. oh and I got the little cannolis yep you got cannolis those were great and they screwed up and brought us out like a chocolate mousse cake by accident and that was good um still and then. We went to so then yeah so then Wednesday, we went to um, Amalfi, right? Yep. And we took the ferry to Amalfi, and we took a car ride to Ravello, and up in Ravello we went to this place that was, it was a it was such a fancy dinner that I had to bring a jacket, like a suit jacket. And when we went in there, it was funny because we were both we were both wearing like the clothes that we had worn all day. We were nasty. We were nasty. And, and you said that the the oh, major D looked at us and was like, "Get the fuck out of my restaurant." Oh, dude, dude, we like all right. So we've been walking around all goddamn day, sweating our asses off. Yeah. All right. We had a change of clothes in our backpacks, and we walked into there. Like first of all, like at another part of this this hotel where this restaurant was at, there were these gardens. This hotel. There was a wedding going on, so they kicked us out. So we had to go to this outdoor patio for an early aperitivo, which would be like happy hour. Yep. And even when we got into the aperitivo, they're like, oh, you have dinner, but there's a dress code. Yeah. Right? So we got kind of checked there. We're like, oh, no, no, we're good. We got clothes. He's like, okay. Well, and then the guy that said that, he was kind of like, you know, there's a dress code, right? And we were like, yeah, we're aware. Carson was like, we're aware. And we were like, okay. So he said, okay, you gentlemen can change in the bathroom. So you and I went down to the bathroom. But as like we like we as we like walked down to the bathroom, we actually had to go inside. There's like a maitre d' there. Oh, he, swear, he gave me a look. I felt like Julia Roberts going to Rodeo Drive. We, I, I mean, seriously, I mean, I would say it's very appropriate for where we are. He put the Malorcas on us, I feel like. Yeah. And the Malorcas, just for those who don't know, is an Italian curse. So I'm sure something's going to happen to me soon. Very bad. But uh, that's, I had the poops the next morning, so I think the curse worked. Okay, well, see, he had the poops the next morning. So, yeah. That's how good the food was. But regardless, when we changed and came back up and looked more presentable, we ended up having like this. It was kind of like a weird dinner because it was like we ordered food and then they just kept bringing us other food. So, oh, oh, so this is what, okay. okay. <laughs> that, that happens all the time at these Michelin. Like when we went to Gucci, that happened there. Yeah, like, this like was you, like this was like get, a Michelin star restaurant. Yeah, apparently, is, yeah. it is. And usually, when you go to like a Michelin star restaurant, you can either order a la carte or it's all just like different variants of a tasting menu. Well, that's so. All right, so the guy explains to us, he goes, everything is either a la carte or you can do a tasting menu. And we went with the a la carte option because we said, well, we'll order shit and maybe just share. But what I was... But usually you get bigger servings, and I thought the servings for a la carte... Oh, the, smorings, the servings were, were small. They small, were really small, small. small. Yeah. 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 I mean, I got like a veal like tenderloin. It wasn't even six ounces. It was probably like four, if not three. It I was, was ex- very small. I, I was expecting it to be a little, little bit bigger. Even like, yeah. like my gnocchi, I was expecting it to be just a yeah. little bit bigger. But again, normally when we do these restaurants, like we do tasting menus. Yeah. And, but I didn't want to drop that much money and then like 
not yeah, be able to the tasting able to menu was the tasting menu was crazy expensive. Yeah. Like it was like $160 for one of them. Or 160 like, euro for yeah, one. For, yeah, for like the five course. Yeah. And you want to go to the seven course, it was probably like 190. But it was it was still good though because they kept bringing so they brought us out like an amouge bouche which was like this tomato sauce with like an apple in it and it was very tasty, but I kind of was like it just it's it really tasted like it was just like pulverized it was fresh. It was, pulver- fresh. Yeah. it was fresh, but it was like pulverized tomatoes. And it had, like, a little apple core in it, or a little apple ball. It was refreshing. It was refreshing, yes. And then they brought out, like, um, oh, Jesus, they brought out, like, some, what, cookies or some other shit or whatever it was that we had. And, uh, I mean, it was it was very good for the amuse-bouche. And then we had, um, did we do, like, a, we did, like, a starter, right? Yeah, we did. We got, we got the tartare with caviar. Yep, that's right, we did. We got tartare with caviar. So that was the first time I've ever had caviar. Um, I've had beef tartare before, but I had never had it with caviar, which was kind of cool. It's good because it gives it the saltiness that the meat needs. Oh, yeah. yeah that was really good. Mm. Speaking of saltiness, I can smell the salt in the air right now. It's so nice out. Um, it's just beautiful. We're sitting out on the – like I said, we're sitting out on the patio. It's nighttime. Uh, it's starting to get a little late, so it's kind of quieting down, which is nice. Um, but regardless, let's get back to the menu. So then – we had. Uh, it felt like it was the menu, the movie, the menu. I was like waiting for. I was willing to die for. The I was meal. waiting. Yeah, I was waiting for us to die. Actually, but uh, what was the other, spoiler what was, alert. What was the other wrap that we had? It was the thing with apples. No, that was in the tartare. Um, it was this. Yeah, she had like it was like this weird like what was that? A pumpkin ravioli that almost looked like a. It almost looked like a. Uh, uh, what's those things you get? Uh, the crab rangoon. It almost looked like a crab rangoon. Yeah, no, that, that was part of the bouche bouche. Yeah. Oh, was it? Moosh bouche. Okay, yeah. I never heard of that term. Yeah. So. A moosh bouche. A moosh yes. bouche. And then I'm trying to think what else we ate. Um, I can't remember what else we ate. All I know is like you had the what's it called? You had the I had the gnocchi, gnocchi. with like mozzarella and tomato. And I know it sounds really like basic, but it was like sex in your mouth. It was so good. Uh yeah, it was pretty good. I'll give you that. Um, we had a good time. It was tasty. I know I had lunch prior to that. And I got these. All right, so I went out and had lunch, and I took actually like pictures of my food, and I also took like pictures of the menu because I was like, I want to remember the shit. I had a drink called a Mary Pickford, which was like white rum and pineapple juice and juice, juice, mamouche bouche, mamouche bouche, the juice, mamouche bouche juice, and it had like grenadine in it. Um, it had uh, maraschino luxardo. I don't know. It was fucking delicious. And then for food, uh, you always want to get like an antipasto or a starter. I ended up getting like, uh, it was like buffalo mozzarella, mixed tomato salad, and fresh basil. That shit was delicious. And then I got these ravioli caprese. It was raviolis stuffed with local cheeses and lemon and a cherry tomato sauce. I mean, this shit was so good. It was crazy. It was so, oh my God, it was like, that was sex in my mouth, I felt like. But, uh... No, the dinner was great. I mean, the dinner was really, really good. I'm not going to say that. It wasn't. Oh, yeah, that's right. We had that um, We had that bread that they gave us, like, that Kirsten kept putting, like... Oh, it was the egg yolk yeah, with, with she had like, like, like the foam egg, yes. cauliflower. Yeah, yes. she had, like, it was, like, an egg yolk with, like, a f- cauliflower. Th- it was so good, and she just kept, like... Because we had, like, bread at the table, so she kept saying, give me the bread, and she kept, like, scooping more of the stuff on. It was so weird. It was just really tasty. So... We had that. Um, I had like a little veal medallion. It was really small, but it was it was like fork tender. It was so good. Um, it kind of makes me think like I might start eating veal when I get back home. I probably won't, but you know, Lisa. just because. 
Right, just because of what it is. And the water bottle fell, folks. But, um, and then, of course, like, dessert. But that was what I'm saying. It was like, it seemed like dessert never ended. We or this, even, it seemed like this meal didn't even end. They kept Because they give you pre-desserts. Yeah, they give you, like. They give you, like, a sorbet type thing to clean your, to cleanse your palate. Yeah, they, yeah, they that, gave that, us, like. That a, happens in a lot of these restaurants. I know, but it was like, they gave us, like, a pre-dessert. Then we had a regular dessert. Then it's like, they want to give you coffee or they want to order limoncello. It's, a, it's just like, dinner never ends around here. It's really, you have to, and actually, one of the things you have to remember if you ever go to an. A restaurant. If you ever go to Italy and go to a restaurant, you have to say finito. Because you don't get the check. Oh, because they won't give you the check if you don't. So, But also, the other thing out here, too, is like, for most people, dinner starts at like 8 or 9 o'clock at night. Yeah. Yeah, it, dinner it, starts it, at 9. There's no, like, early bird special out here. Yeah. I mean, granted, we're eating at 7.30 because we're tourists, but... You're still you're, you're you start your meal at 7.30 and you're not wrapping up until at least 10 o'clock. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then... And that's not even like a multi-course meal. Even if you go to a mom and pop shop, they just leave you alone. Yeah, they don't bother you until you say finito. Yeah, and that's that's what happened to me today. So today, today we're recording this on Thursday. Today was um, I just had said to Chris and Kirsten, I said I think I just want a day to relax and and, and like I had rented a Vespa, so I wanted to zip around town and um, I wanted to kind of just go and explore, go into a couple different, see if there's anything to buy for anybody back home because I'm not going to buy something for me. I don't really care, but. Uh, it was, uh, so I, I drove around, I went and had lunch today, um, I had like a seafood platter, f- like with mussels and clams, oh my god, it was so friggin' good, and then I can't get over the friggin' ham and the mo- mozzarella and the basil and the tomatoes, and it, it's just, the thing I have to say is it's all fresh, that's what, that's yeah. the difference between here and, uh, here and there, is that everything in Italy is fresh, it really, you said it earlier, you said everything is like farm, farm to the table. table here, it really is, it really is, like, I went and had an espresso at this, like, little cafe, and I looked over to the, I looked to my left, and they had, they had tomatoes growing, like, just in a little bin, like, next to the table, and I'm like, these people probably actually pull these tomatoes, and that's where they get their tomatoes from, it's just, it's just amazing how everything is, like, just, at arm's reach here, it looks like, for every restaurant that you go to. Everything is so fresh. It is so fresh that the food is actually much more regional here than it is in the U.S., too. Yeah. So, I mean, like, like I had a, a pesto dish the other night. Pesto comes from the north. It comes it comes from, like, the Genoa, Cinque Terre area. Yep. The pesto I had here, don't get me wrong, it was great. It's going to be better than anything I could get in the States. Yeah. It pales in comparison to what you get up north. Mm-hmm. It pales like so much that we buy this. We found a store that sells northern pesto when we ship it back home. Oh, really? For douchebags. Um, for bougie. Gen- Genoa is where Christopher Columbus was from. Oh. Just, I don't know if you that know that. That monster. That monster, yes. Um, anyway, <laughs> that monster. Um, I think I live off of Christopher Columbo. Oh, no, your place is off of Christopher Columbo Road, I no, think. I'm off of Chevy Chase, who's a different type no, I'm not of monster. Talking about, oh, I'm not talking about where you live. I'm talking about here. Oh. <laughs> you do, yes, but you do live off of Chevy Chase, which is another type of monster altogether. Uh, that's a good one, too. <laughs> so, yeah, so today today was kind of like we drove around. I drove around. They had gone. You had gone to Sorrento, and you were raving about Sorrento earlier. Yes, so Except for the walking and the heat. Well, you said that Sorrento was weird because you took a ferry over to Sorrento, and you said that it was like a lot. It was a hundred stairs to get up to from the from the water up to the yeah, main so drive. There's like a lower town section, and it's absolutely gorgeous. And you're like, oh wow, this is nice. But if you want to get to like the mains, the main portion of town, mm-hmm. it's a literally a hundred foot staircase yeah. or a hundred step staircase. Yeah. Like, all right, you got to do it. You got to do it, and you get up there, and all of a sudden it's like a cleaner version of Santa Monica. 
Mm. It's like a full bustling city, but it's not crowded. There's no homeless people. All the prices there are like half the price of here in Positano. It was, it was really, it was really nice. And I actually I, wish we could spend more time there. And actually, I did tell Chris that when I was, I was reading something yesterday about how they say that if you're gonna come down to like this, it's because the name of the peninsula is. It's, it's the Amalfi Coast. Yeah, but it's not the the penin- Well, that's not the Amalfi. Sorrento's not the Amalfi Coast because Sorrento is on, on the, the Bay of Naples. Of the pen- yeah, it's on the other side of the peninsula. Yeah, yeah. but they said that if you want to come down this way, Sorrento's actually the very affordable place. But it's not the Amalfi Coast. It's the Bay of Naples. So it's right across the bay from Naples. You can see Mount Vesuvius and all that. And um, and then on the they said Positano, which is where we're at, is like the hottest place to go. Like hot meaning like popular, most popular. Amalfi is really beautiful and it's very historical. Like I guess they have a lot of maybe they have a lot of museums and stuff there, um, or just a lot of historical places to look at, points to look at. And then um, I saw some people who said that Ravello. I forget where Ravello is, but Ravello's up like past Amalfi, but that's another it's beautiful like, it's place. It's like above too. Amalfi. Yeah. yeah. And then there's all the islands. Like so for tomorrow we're so for instance, tomorrow is really kind of my last day here, yeah. our last day here. because yeah. um, we're you're leaving on Saturday and I'm leaving basically on Saturday. I'm leaving Sunday morning, but I'm going back up to Naples on Saturday. Um, but we're gonna go out to Capri, so we're taking the ferry uh, out to Capri. 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 That's how they pronounce it. Capri. Uh, Capri. Excuse me. Doesn't sound right. I know. Um, so we're going to Capri tomorrow, and I'm assuming that's just going to be just like what walking around looking at stores and yeah, yeah. There'll be some like limoncello tastings or whatnot there that yeah. you can do. It's it's pretty. It's going to be pretty a little hilly. I'm not going to lie to you. Are we expecting to like have dinner there? Is that no, like... no, because we're coming back here to Bosa Town tomorrow night, and we're going to Tagliatelle, which is the all-you-can-eat place near your oh, Airbnb. Yeah. Okay. So we, we'll be back here like around five o'clock. Oh. Okay. Oh. So we could have done this tomorrow instead. I don't know because I feel like the meal is at seven. That's going to be like a two-hour meal, and I feel like we're going to be dead. Okay. The today was like the easygoing day. I feel like Capri is gonna yeah, kick her ass. That's fine. That'll be fine. We'll just well, like I like I kind of told you beforehand. Um, I don't really care about shopping, so I may just very well. I love people watching, and that's one of the things oh, I love to do. Especially here, yes. Yeah. So yeah. So I'll just I'll probably in Capri, in Capri, if you guys start walking around at like stores, I'll just park my keister at a uh, cafe and drink it i just wish i could get myself like a night like even like even when we went to ravello and you guys had gone to like a garden to go like take some pictures mm-hmm. and stuff i sat down and i had and i said all right i'm gonna get myself like a like a latte like a cat like a latte and it was like the guy brought it out it was a t- it was a tall glass but it was all milk and it was like because again a latte is milk and an espresso but like i, I was like the guy could have put a little bit more than just one shot but that's what a latte is. Oh, uh, whatever. It's you know what latte? Okay. You know how do you say? You want to know actually how you say milk in Italian? Latte. Yes. Yeah. Well, I. Okay. Let's just put it this way. I really, really miss my large dunks with milk. Okay. The thing I don't like. Ice doesn't exist in this country. No, ice doesn't. That, that's no. A, that's a huge. Well, ice doesn't exist for coffee. Because you can get ice in. Well, actually, you can get ice in like alcoholic drinks. Only like in a spritz. If you get a spritz, they fill that fucker up with ice. You ask them for an ice water, you're gonna get like one cube. Yeah, and if you, you ask for a cafe freddo, you're gonna get like. Well, cafe freddo is, 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 but it's like a slush almost. No, it's, like it's, a, it's usually coffee with one ice cube. You can oh, get, really? you can get like a shaker, a shakerado or a shakerito. Yeah, and that's like it's like a foamy oh. frozen espresso that's served in a martini glass, but it's not alcoholic. Yeah, see, that's my thing is I just, I like, I wanted to sit down yesterday, 
smoke a cigar and drink a nice tall glass of coffee or a cup of coffee. They don't do that here. Even I'm not even talking about like ice. I would have drank like a tall Americano, which is just basically black coffee and then add like milk and sugar or cream and sugar or whatever. But they don't even do it. They don't even give you anything big here. That's what's like funny. It's like, yeah, you eat all day long when you're in Italy, but the drinks are not very big servings. Like the drinks are all small. Like they bring you like bottles of water. You can either get like fizzy water or you can get still water and fizzy water, just carbonated water. And they give you, like, when they pour it, they literally pour, like, it's a little bit more than a shot. And I'm just like, I just want a tall glass of water. Can I just have a tall glass of water? That's it. So that doesn't exist out here. Because probably because they're, they're like, I had said something to Kirsten about, like, well, they must just refill the still water with tap water. And she's like, I don't think so. I think they open up a new bottle every time. And I was like, that's insane. How many bottles of water they must go through? Because they always give you a bottle of water when you sit down at the table. And they charge you for it. Oh, they do. And by the way, whenever you go down to a restaurant, you got to make sure they crack that thing open and fresh in front of you because if they don't, they're charging you for tap water. Yeah, but that's how it is. That's in America, too, yeah. that happens. So, But that's kind of, uh, I mean, that's the trip. I mean, overall, on your sixth trip to Italy, what would you, what would you say? What would you give this out of, uh, how many stars out of five? 13 out of 10. Good. <laughs> 13 out of 10. Um, I will say that this has been a very fun trip. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, it definitely makes me want to come back. Uh, I have you called me. You said something earlier that I'm like the publicist for the country of Italy, and it's was it you or Kirsten that said that? I forget. I don't know. Might have been but her. She might have because I mean, in all honesty, I will say that um, it is a very affordable trip. Not this place, really. I mean, the Amalfi Coast is kind of very expensive, but I mean, you can you can have a very affordable time in Rome, which seems crazy, but you can. Um, you can have a very affordable time in other parts as well. I've heard Sicily's really great. I haven't been there yet, obviously. Florence is beautiful. I love that. Um, the Amalfi Coast is is gorgeous. I mean, even for just the freaking sights alone, just to sit here and look is just beautiful. But I would highly recommend it. My suggestion to you is get a credit card that gives you miles and just rack up miles so that you can get your flights for next to nothing. And then stay in Airbnbs if you don't want to, like, pay out the rear end for hotels. Stay at Airbnbs. Uh, there can be some challenges with just, like, you know, for instance, like, I came over the other day. Chris made breakfast. He didn't have any butter or olive oil or anything to make eggs. So... He successfully made eggs, but it was tough for him, I think. So uh, yeah, it was not my finest moment. Yeah, well, they don't also they don't really eat breakfast like we do here. Like, yeah, it's like a croissant, and it's a croissant, and it's a or like some cookies or something, and yeah. like a cappuccino. It's not very like biscotti. Yeah, biscotti. Well, you can, yeah, it's biscotti. You're right. So it's not cookies. It's biscotti. So it's a great time. I'm having a great time. Um, I'm gonna miss it when I leave, but I, I I do like I do look forward to going home because I kind of like my routine and. You know, I'm looking at my laundry that I'm going to have to do on the way back, and I'm like, ugh. Yeah. So, but it'll be fun, and I hope to get out again soon. So, anything you want to say, Chris? So, all right, end? so this is your second trip to Italy. Yeah. You've been to Rome. You've been yeah. to Florence. Yep. You've been here. Yep. So, between the three, because they're all vastly different. Yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to, I'm not going to What's your pick. favorite? Like, what, what would you go back to first? I'd probably go back to Florence first. Yeah, yep, Florence, Florence is my is, number one. Yeah, Florence is beautiful, and I think Florence is very... While it still uh, has a very flavor of historic, it's kind of got a modern edge to it. So I feel like you can actually like enjoy yourself in Florence it's, it's and birth, not. It's the birthplace of the Renaissance. Full it is. Stop. I mean, yeah. I mean, they got the museums. They have the history. The yeah. food. The food again. The food in the north is better. Yeah. So it's just amazing food up well, there. Well, certain areas. You said. 
True, but once you get past Cuomo and you get to the yeah. border of Switzerland. It, but know. I will say that um, one thing I thought was really cool was that I drove a car and I drove mm-hmm. a Vespa. So I've actually driven now in, I mean, technically three different countries because I've driven in Canada, but who counts Canada? No, um, I've driven in Canada, but I mean, I've driven in Italy and I thought that was really cool. Like I was, I was excited about that. I was really excited about renting a car and driving around. Uh, of course, they tried to say I was... I scratched up the back fender. I'm gonna fight that, and when I once I get back, because that was kind of bullshit. I mean, I paid for the insurance, so it's only an extra like 200 bucks. But I'm like, fuck that. I'm not paying it, so I'm gonna have to fight it when I get back. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, you swam in the Mediterranean. I did swim in the Mediterranean. So I've you asked me, you said, you said where have you? Sw-? I go well, the Atlantic. I've swam in the Pacific because you took me to Malibu a couple years ago, and I went ass over tea kettle in the Pacific Ocean in the, in the Pacific Ocean. Um, I've been in the Mediterranean. I've been in the Caribbean, the Gulf. I can't tell if it, I don't remember if it was the Gulf or the Caribbean because it's in Honduras. I don't know where Honduras lies, but either or. I think that's more on the Gulf side. I yeah, because yeah, that's that's like South America. Well, it's the Gulf, but I mean, I don't know if it's I don't yeah. know if it's the Caribbean yet. Like yeah. I don't know how far how yeah. far down the Gulf of Mexico goes. I feel like the Gulf of Mexico is just like almost like a little like teacup, you know. With I mean, like, did you come out with any like oil on you? No. You might have been in the Caribbean. Yeah. So there you go. So, <laughs> so and I and I just, I mean, it's kind of cool. Like we kept saying things were surreal, and it really is. I mean, it's amazing to look at this area, and just realize that like, that's the that's the craziest thing when you go like to Europe. And and I've only been in one country in Europe, but like, I'm looking at shit that's thousands of years old, and it's just this is all stuff that was about even before our little country was was created, and. That's why when you look at and one of the things about I noticed about at least Italy is that they they kind of do love to keep their tradition like their traditional style whereas I feel like Americans would tear down stuff and rebuild new more modern things like you don't really I mean you're lucky in Massachusetts because you'll see like houses that that pre that go back to like the 1700s yeah. and stuff but you don't see that anywhere else well, you know I mean, I mean, California was like born in the 1950s it feels like you know it just it's just a different age yeah so I guess but it's kind of, it would be the 49ers not 1849 well that's Los Angeles I mean I, I get the gold rush it was yeah. up there but yeah but you know just so you know also San Francisco burnt down so San Francisco did burn down so you know I guess but so did London and uh, so did Chicago and most of London is modern outside of like the historical section I yeah. Thought. yeah yeah so I mean it's just it's it's very be- well. It's very beautiful, I guess. Mainland Europe, I bet. So it is. I mean, like yeah. I said, history is born here. It feels mm-hmm. like, or at least it was written here. Yeah. So with that being said, uh, I will sign off. We will mm-hmm. sign off for now. Chris, thank you so much for joining me again. Uh, I can't believe. So this is a, going to be our original podcast. I can't believe we did a pre-podcast to this podcast, and I'm your only two-timer. Do I get a jacket? Um, you'll get a jacket when you're on five times. I'll, I'll give out jackets. So when can I come on next? Take it easy. All right. We need to even see if anybody listens to this no one's fucking gonna show. Listen to, no one's going to listen to this shit. <sighs> All right. Anyway, so for LA, Chris, this is Keithy. Uh, thank you so much for joining me, and we will talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. I just want to give my Bourdain quote. What? I just wanted to give my Bourdain quote. Go ahead. Oh, 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 oh. You can have the last words after this because it's your show. Say the last word. I just going to say, to quote Bourdain, the Church of Bourdain, travel isn't always pretty. It isn't always comfortable. Sometimes it hurts. It even breaks your heart, but that's okay. 
Hmm. That seems really anticlimactic now for what we ended with, but... <laughs> Give your ending. It's your show. All right, everybody, we are back. I hope you enjoyed listening to my exciting adventures in uh, Positano, Amalfi Coast, Italy. Uh, it was a fun time. I will say that the follow-up is that the last couple of days were pretty uneventful. Uh, we went to Capri, and or Capri, as I was told, and I rented another scooter, and I drove all the way around the island of Capri, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, but I will say that the uh, humidity... And the heat on the island of Capri was unbearable. It was it was like 89 degrees, which isn't too bad, but it was 95,000% humidity. So even sitting in a little shaded area, having some refreshing drinks and refreshing food, it was still like just unbearable. Like I felt like I was literally swimming through the air. Uh, but the the final trip was great. We had uh, we took the ferry back to Positano, and I went up to uh, go to. We went to a dinner that night at a kind of a family restaurant where they fed us family style. So we went in and we didn't even have a menu. We just they basically sat you down and started feeding you, and it was great. We had uh, they had like a bean dish. They had uh, they had. Uh, grilled meats where it was like chicken drumsticks and then they had some kind of a delicious turkey and then they had some pork chops and they had some um some some meat some like beef i think some steak or like a steak almost like a almost like a steak tip but it wasn't a full steak tip it was really delicious and then of course uh we got home and uh we went back to the my went back to my airbnb and then the next day i kind of took the i took a ride back to naples and then i flew up on sunday morning and it was a long time fly it was a long flight i had a long layover in heathrow airport Anybody that listens to GFA Live would have heard me in the the BA Lounge, which was the British Airways Lounge recording. So it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Overall, it was an excellent trip. Uh, I think I was asked if uh, if I would come back again. I mean, definitely I would go back again. I, I mean, there's so many different cities in Italy that I have yet to see. You know, I have yet to go to Venice. I really want to go to Genoa, which is where Christopher Columbus was from. Um, Nair Genoa, on kind of it's called like the Italian. Riviera is up in is uh, it's called uh, Cinque Terre, which is the five villages, and that's a big place that a lot of people love to go to as well. And of course, I could always go back to Rome and Florence and and check out there. And everybody tells me to go to Sicily. They say Sicily is a beautiful island, and there's great food down there and great entertainment as well. So I think I would probably my next trip would probably be. Two weeks, I would do like maybe another week in Italy, and then I would love to do a week somewhere else. You know, I kind of have this idea maybe of flying into Berlin and renting a car and driving through Germany, going to a couple of different spots there, and then kind of going down into northern Italy, maybe going to Milan, maybe go to Venice, maybe go to Lake Cuomo, and then maybe even go down to Cinque Terre or whatnot, and then drive down to Rome and then fly out back home from Rome. So uh, the sky's the limit, I feel like. But uh, one of the things I will say is that if you get an opportunity to travel, travel travel because uh you don't want to ever think to yourself i'll just wait for a rainy day you really want to try to travel as much as you can and we're only on this little blue marble for so long so you know you want to get out there and do the things that you dream about and if you've always had a dream to travel to europe or to travel to you know asia if you want to go to china or japan or you want to go to russia or you want to go to uh Brazil or you want to go to Machu Picchu or Australia wherever you want to go go there I mean even if Christ even if you want to go to the moon 
you know, see if you can get on the SpaceX to go on the moon or something like that. I'd stay away from going on submarines to the uh, Titanic, but that's, you know, if you really want to do that, I guess, who's to stop you? You know, so just live your life the best you can. Try to make it so that when you finally shuffle off this mortal coil, you have nothing to regret. And with that, I want to say thank you so much for joining me this week. Uh, thank you again to L.A. Chris for helping me out. And um, I want to make sure that you listen to all the stuff on the North-South Connection. Um, there's so many great shows out there. Uh, Talking Docs and the GCW show and just uh, Cronoso Monthly where you can hear me. And then, of course, anything that's on the uh, Place to Be Nation, whether it's the wrestling feed or the pop feed, uh, you can usually hear me on the Place to Be Nation pop uh jukebox video jukebox song of the day so just uh really listen to this stuff man we're all good we're all good shows we all work really hard for your enjoyment and for your pleasure so with that this is keithy langston signing off and take care everybody and uh i guess i'll say ciao bella ciao bella